Even please come for. Yes, sir. There, Sudhan Shuji. I can, I can read this. Please, please, please go ahead. Yeah. Asana Shanti Baithe Manamath Marikar Sumire Purush Vide. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Nirenjanji. So, this Doha, this couplet is uh, from the first mandal, first chapter of uh, Swarved. And Swamiji has mentioned in this Doha that when you are sitting in meditation, so how you should be. And by explaining this, Swamiji is saying, Asan Sthir Santadrida means the posture in which you are sitting, that should be stiff, I mean firm. And on that posture, you have to be stable and you have to be at peace. That's why what he is saying? Asana is shantadrida. So you have to be shant. You have to be at peace when you are sitting on that posture. Hile dume nahi dev. It means there should not be any movement in your uh, physical body. Baite manamathamarikar. So once you are stable in your physical posture, then what you have to do? Then you have to Control the the waves of your mind, right? And after that, you have to go in the meditation of that Supreme Being. So that is the process of meditation. If you say how a meditation should be, so first you have to sit on the stable posture, Form posture, you have to make sure that your body is stable, it's not moving. Then you have to control the waves of your mind and then go for the meditation where you are focusing your consciousness on that supreme being. Now, if we all closely monitor, <coughs> sorry, so if we all closely monitor, what is happening here? So we all will see that we are going from gross to subtle, subtleness, right? We are first trying to control the thing which is gross in nature and then going for the subtler one. I can, uh, I'll try to explain this with another example. Okay. Let's, let's assume you are 
sitting on a you know either moving train or a car or you are sitting on a chair which is rotating correct and at that moment if i ask you to draw something or i ask you to throw a ball at certain uh, you know uh, certain place with proper proper uh, accuracy so what you will do and what your approach will be you will try to focus right and when you will try to focus what the very first thing you will do you will come out from that seat which is rotating why because that is hampering your focus right that is deviating you from the task which you are trying to accomplish so first you will come out from the chair which is you can say uh putting a stopper in utilizing your complete focus and then what you will do then you will try to stabilize your body so you can focus on your aim right either you have to draw something beautifully or you have to throw something on a particular aim which has been you know directed to you and then you will execute that thing so what it means it means is whenever you have to execute anything where you have to apply your focus so what do you do you try to remove all the obstacles which is creating deviation for you and then you collect your focus and then put that focus on fulfilling your aim so that's what we do in our physical life right even when you are trying to read some book and someone is playing you know loud music on the room it is giving you some kind of disturbance to focus on understanding the deep concepts of that book what do you request hey can you please stop the music it is creating deviation i'm not able to focus right that's what we say we are not able to focus so when in our day to day work even when you are trying to do something which requires little focus you are trying to make sure that there are no deviation so think about when you are going to control the entity which is strongest in this entire physical world just imagine what kind of focus you need here we are talking about controlling of your mind right so mind is the strongest entity of this world why it is the strongest entity because it has the capacity and capability to change everything you are trying to focus on something your mind will take you somewhere else you are trying to execute something your mind will take you somewhere else so what we call a worldly person is the das of mind the servant of mind 
wherever mind go, the soul follows it, right? So what we are trying to do, we are trying to control that strongest entity. So when, so when even for a small work, we try to make sure that there is no deviation, just think what kind of preparation you need when you are going to conquer the strongest entity of this world. So that's why Swamiji is mentioning when you are going for meditation, you have to make sure that there is no deviations, there is no disturbance around you when you are sitting for meditation. So what kind of deviations, what kind of disturbance you will face? First disturbance is your physical body disturbance, right? If there is a pond and you have to see your face on the water of pond, what is important? The important thing is the water needs to be still, right? And in pond, if the water is dirty, what will happen when water is still? Slowly the dirt will settle down at the bottom and then you will be able to see your face. But if water is not, you know, uh, settled, it's, it's wavery, you will not able to see anything. Similarly, in meditation, we have to settle lots of things to focus on our ultimate aim, what we have to settle. So we have to settle down all the things which is from gross to, you know, the subtle, subtle things. And not only Swamiji has mentioned, your entire Ashtanga Yoga Dharpan, your entire Ashtanga Yoga, that is based on this, right? That's why, what is mentioned there? What you are trying to stabilize first? You are trying to stabilize first your body. That's why there, the first entity is asana, right? The first entity of Ashtanga Yoga is asana. Why there is asana? The importance of asana is it helps you in two ways. It prepares your body. How it prepares your body? It helps you to stabilize your body and it helps you to remain on that posture for long. Correct? If a person is not practicing asana, what will happen? If he sit in the normal posture, he will start feeling the numbness, he will start feeling the pain in 2-3 minutes or 5 minutes. You have to sit for meditation for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. So if you are feeling the pain on your body, how you will focus somewhere else? Your concentration will always come back to your body. <laughs> That's why when Swamiji was mentioning about uh, meditation in this couplet, what Swamiji has mentioned? Shantadrad. So the posture in which you are sitting, you have to be in peace. You are sitting in certain asana. 
you are let us suppose even able to sit you practiced it some days and you are not able to now able to sit on that posture for meditation but you started feeling pain right so that posture is not good for meditation why because you have to be in peace when you are on that posture you don't have to think about your posture when you are in the meditation right so that's the overall intent that when you are in meditation your posture should be static and your posture should be at peace so that's why even in ashtanga yoga asana is mentioned why because it helps you to strengthen your body when your body will be in you know it will strengthen then then only you will be able to sit in meditation for long swami ji always says sant prabhu always says that almighty has given you this body for paramarth what it means for your own upliftment right to achieve the goal of your life so whatever you are trying to achieve in a spiritual world that's going to happen through this body only so if this body is not fit how you will sit on meditation so further so once you completed uh, this task that you performed so many asanas you are fit to sit long then what you have to fix the next thing so first you control your body then you have to control your prana why you have to control your prana because that is the subtler thing than body right and why it is important to control prana we all can see in our day to day life just go for a long run and when you come back even if you have to speak something you are not able to speak very clearly right you are keep breathing heavily and then you are speaking so the breathing actually confirms that how stable you are right so controlling your breathing strengthening your breathing is also very important in meditation so first you control your body through asana then you have to control your pranas you have to strengthen your pranas after strengthening your body so for that there is pranayama and then the next stage is controlling your thoughts controlling your mind so even if you see the sequence of ashtanga yoga that also talks about keep strengthening from gross to subtler things then only the stage of sadhana will come the stage of samadhi will come right 
So that's the reason Swamiji has mentioned here that when we are sitting for the meditation, the very first thing is So when you are sitting in meditation, we are making sure that our posture is static. We are at peace on that particular posture. And then, So after stabilizing our body, what we are doing, we are controlling the waves of our mind. And then we are proceeding for meditation. So many people who practice Vihangam Yoga meditation, they say sometimes that I'm trying to meditate, but I'm not able to control my mind. I'm sitting on meditation, but I'm going on different thoughts. So what to do? Swamiji has mentioned on his Amritvani at many times that uh, when you sit for meditation, before that perform some pranayam. Why he suggest for pranayam? That even after practicing asanas, your body stabilized. But let us suppose you came from your office, you came from some work, and thoughts related to your work is wavering on your mind. So even if you will sit on meditation, what will happen? The thoughts will keep coming. It is difficult to control yourself at that moment. Why it is difficult? Because you stabilized your body, but you have did nothing to neutralize all those thoughts which are coming from office. So that's why pranayam is there. What happens when we do pranayam? We chant Om. We try to chant the humming sound and other pranayam practices, right? So when we does that, what happens? It resets the frequency which is coming up in our brain. So it resets all the thoughts. So before going to meditation, you are totally cut off and ready for the meditation. So you stabilized your body, you stabilized your prana, and now you are going to stabilize your mind. So what you did? You made sure to you made sure to make everything stable around you, which will help you in your meditation. And that's what Swamiji is mentioning here. That's the overall purpose of this couplet, that when anyone is going for meditation, he have to make sure that everything which plays a very crucial role in med meditation, that needs to be stabilized. Now the next question which comes is, Swamiji is talking about asansthir. So what asan we should follow when we are going for meditation? So Swamiji has mentioned in Swarveda that there are so many asanas and there is no such foundation to follow certain asana when you are sitting for meditation. Why so? Because the ultimate purpose 
is to control your mind in the initial stage of meditation. And further as your practice will proceed, as your sadhana will proceed, you are going to practice the higher level of meditation. So the meditation is at conscious level. At that moment, the physical body is not that much relevant. So what is relevant? The relevance is your body needs to be at peace when you are sitting for meditation. So any posture in which you are feeling comfortable for a long time, that is good for meditation. And that's what Swamiji has mentioned in Swarved. Sthir Sukha Asana Rahe Sadhana Yoga Vidhan Man Prasanna Sukha Shanti Hai Yoga Sahaj Samana So even for Sukhasana, in which you are simply just folding your legs and sitting, even that posture is good. Why? If your mind is happy, you are at peace on that posture. Not only that, Swamiji has mentioned Sahaja Palahati Marakara Vasiddhasana Sadha Swastik Padmasana Lage Sukhasava Asana Radha. So, as per your physical condition, whatever asana suits you, in whatever asana you feel comfortable and uh, you know, sitting for a long time without any physical pain. The asana in which you are at peace, that is good for meditation. Either it is Sahaja Palahati, simply folding your legs, or Siddhasana, or Swastikasana, or Padmasana. Even if nothing is working for you, you are not capable for doing all these asanas, you are not physically fit at that moment, then even Savasana is good. So the only requirement is the physical posture in which you are at peace. That matters. That is only the requirement of meditation. Why? Because you have to go to the level of mind. You have to go to the level of soul. So the gross thing needs to be settled at the beginning. The body needs to be settled. Your prana needs to be settled. So don't think about that much. Make sure that in your meditation, that portion should not be a point of consideration. So be at that posture which gives you peace, which gives you comfort, which gives you happiness. So sit in that posture. And then start your meditation. So that's what Swamiji has mentioned in this. Now the question is, when you are performing meditation, if posture is that much important, which, uh, which gives you peace, which gives you happiness, so we also have to think that only posture will give me everything. Let us suppose you are sitting on meditation but you, just before meditation, you overeat. Or you eat something which, which is giving you acidity or something. You will not feel comfortable, right? 
or think about the situation that you have not slept for 24 hours or 36 hours. Now you are sitting on meditation. Your body is not ready for that. So the overall purpose is, overall prospect is, your body needs to be fit and fine. From all means, when you are sitting for meditation, your posture will even give you comfort when you are taking care of other external items, like your food, your sleep. You have to take care of all those things. Are you taking your sleep properly or not? It should not be more, it should not be less. It should be adequate. What kind of food you are eating? So that's why Swamiji has mentioned Nindra bhojam niyam se nahi Means your sleep and your food, that should be as per the rule, what you have settled for yourself. It should not be less, it should not be more, it should be adequate. So when you will follow your life with certain routine, then it will help you for meditation. That's why Yam Niyam is important. Why? Because it gives you a disciplined life. A disciplined life will give you a healthy body. And then when you will sit for meditation, you are utilizing this body fully for the purpose for which you are here. So, in my sense, this Doha, this couplets, talks about all kind of preparations, what we have to do before sitting for the meditation, before Sumiro Purusuvide. So all these preparations, what is needed, either at your physical level or at the level of pranas or at the level of mind, that's very important. Swamiji mentioned about asana. There are several levels of asana. Swamiji said, asana teen prakar ka tanaman atamajan vetta teeno bheda ka sorhas gamagyan. So there are three types of asana. Asana of body, asana of mind, asana of soul. So as we will proceed ahead in meditation, we have to go through all these three asanas. We have to go through, through all these three levels. And as you will start gaining subtleness in your meditation, you will start elevating in your meditation journey you will grow, you will go from the asana of tan to asana of man, from body to mind and mind to soul. So that's what my understanding from this Doha, if there is any uh, mistake, that will be my own. I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'll request anyone, please come forward and uh, share your views. If you have some question, uh, please raise it. We all who are in this session, We'll try our best to 
uh, answer that question. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Over to you, Amitji. Uh, thank you, Sudhanshuji, for explaining this um, Doha, the entire sentence and each word of this Doha so beautifully with help of examples. Thank you so much. Um, so at this point, uh, we will open up a line for anyone who has any questions about this. Um, please feel free to unmute and uh, share your question. Jai <clears throat> This is Mukesh. Uh, uh, very good explanation, Sudan Shuddhi. <clears throat> Thank you for clarifying. <clears throat> I think we had a similar discussion yesterday. I, the one question comes to my mind that uh, if someone has not had a good sleep, doing a meditation at Brahma Murat is not going to work because your body may not be ready for that. So in that case, maybe it's better to do some other time once... Uh, body is uh, or brain is fine after good sleep what do you think it should the one prioritize Brahmura time or rather you know having your body be ready yeah uh, thank you Mukeshi for this question this is really very important thing uh, see uh, what my belief is when we are planning for the Brahmurtha meditation, when we are thinking for the Brahmurtha meditation, actually the preparation starts from the night, right? The night when we are going for a sleep. Why Brahmurtha meditation is recommended? Because that is the muhurta, that is the time when meditation gives the maximum benefit, right? So that is the reason behind Brahmurtha meditation. But definitely, let us suppose if everything is, uh, you can say, uh, supportive for meditation. Brahmurtha time is the time when your external environment, external vibe, external energy is supportive for meditation, right? So even if that is supportive, if we are not ready, that will not help much. So, if we are practicing, if we want to practice for Brahmurtha meditation, it is very important to prepare it from the night itself. Go to bed early. Because, let us suppose you woke up in the morning, you are going to sit in the meditation, and uh, you have not slept well, you are feeling pain in your body. So, even when you will sit for meditation, you are not able to focus. Right? So, external... Things are very much supportive. Energy is there. But it's not the fault of energy. It's fault of us that we are not ready enough to take it. We are not in the condition to take it. So definitely, uh, Brahmurth is a very important time for meditation. But if we are going for that, we have to make sure that we are ready for that. Uh, that's my view. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, I would like to just add one other um, uh, thought to that. I think a very good uh, question raised, Mukeshji. I had raised this earlier also. And um, uh, one other perspective is, one is the preparation, if we can prepare. But in many cases, it may be difficult to prepare. For example, if you have a child as, you know, preparing for 
tests and exams. You don't want to sleep till they go to bed and all that kind of thing, right? So in that case, how do we do the, how do we still benefit from that energy that um, apparently rains, showers during that time, especially 3.40 a.m. in our Shastra is uh, said to be the, the peak of that um, Brahma Muhurt. So how do we benefit from that? Um, what is, uh, of course, if we let's say if we can, I'm speaking about the situation where we can prepare uh, while going to sleep. Then I think maybe abhyas. So if we, because our body, mind, they are malleable. And um, if we put them in a certain kind of a, um, a dhancha, then it will eventually fall into that kind of a, a pattern. So if we force ourselves, because I, we know that if this is the kind of uh, schedule that I have to uh, work around, and uh, in the beginning, it will definitely be a challenge because uh, you know when we wake up, we will be half asleep. Even though our bodies might be uh, okay because we are not doing strenuous activity, but our mind is in a sleepy mode. So how do how can we uh, focus on the focal point? And that is a challenge. And uh, and one thing I realized is doing that alone is definitely a challenge. I tried that earlier; it was not working at all. But when you have a partner, if you can imp uh, inspire her on your path, and if you don't wake up, she wakes up. Um, I think that duality uh, will help in, in terms of creating that dhacha, where eventually um, uh, we will wake up, and uh, initially it will be a, a challenge in focusing, but, uh, but then we will, uh, our body and mind will uh, attune to it when we are fully awake for that time, and we do that sadhana, and then we again go back to sleep and wake up again. And these days we have alarm clocks, so we can actually create those kind of a, a pattern. Um, um, I'm not saying that it has worked for me perfectly yet, but I'm, I'm in that kind of a, a situation. I'm trying to see if that works. Uh, so I just wanted to share that. Um, and I'm very much... Uh, open to listening any suggestion from other guru bhais on that thank you jai sadguru dev shrirang here so i also like to add uh, just my thoughts so i excuse me uh, i was in the same boat uh, where i wanted to take uh, you know best time uh, you know for the meditation which was brahma murat and initially it was very challenging uh, so one thing that we are always told right when when we learn meditation for the first time that consistency is important right so um it initially it doesn't matter uh whether you are doing it in the brahma murt or you know any other time but the the it should happen consistently you know regardless of the time at the beginning and you can then slowly try to optimize your time so that you can take advantage of the best time. Now, another thing that you can look at it, you know, from a different perspective, let's say uh, you are hungry and you want food to eat. 
Now, will you not eat if the best restaurant in the town is not open? No, right? You will go to the next restaurant which is open and you will have food. So, because you have to satisfy the requirement uh, of your body. Similarly, to satisfy the requirements of our soul, we have to meditate regardless of what the time is. So, uh, you know, initially do not focus on um, meditating on that exact time. But you know, look at it as a journey. You start somewhere and then uh, finally, uh, you know, uh, arrive at a time which is the best time to meditate. But, at you know, let's make sure that we all uh, understand that consistency is very important, right? Um, and if we miss Brahma Murat meditation, it doesn't mean that we should not meditate in the morning. We must. Uh, and, and you know, that, that should be our primary focus. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that is what I would like to say. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Niranjanji and Shiranji for sharing your views. And um, even in my experience, I would say that, uh, you know, initially even um, to sit for an asana, it was a challenging uh, for me. So this is definitely a process that everyone has to go through. And I think it's an individual journey. Um, so you, even the initial time when I used to sit, I was not even comfortable sitting on the floor. That's where I started. So um, even to write, um, I, I think there are some... Um, um some some a uh, few uh, things that can help you facilitate that uh, sitting as well like you know where you're sitting are you sitting on the hard hardwood floor or hard surface versus uh, something that is uh, soft right so initially i think um, uh, that is also helpful uh, so when you uh, sitting in a posture uh, where you are sitting also matters and i think this is again a process as shiranji mentioned um, that i think everyone has to go through um anybody wants to share any additional thoughts please feel free to unmute and share your views yeah this is hasmuk uh the doha doesn't say anything about the time it uh, emphasizes how we can stabilize our physical body and the mind uh at least in this doha there is no mention of Brahma, Murta, or anything. And I think uh, it's good practice to do meditation in Brahma, Murta. But meditation can happen anytime. It has to go beyond the body and mind. And in Doha, Sumire Purusha Videha, that's very important. The first prerequisite was the Deha and uh, mind. So I think uh, I think uh, the timing is, uh, uh, although important, it's not that important. You can meditate anytime. As long as your body is not disturbing you and as long as your mind is not disturbing you. You could be anywhere, anytime. I think uh, that's my understanding. See, uh, thank you very much, Hasmuchi, for for your uh, input, and that's that's very true, and that's what Swamiji also mentioned that uh, the the vidyavat sadhan which Swamiji has mentioned in the proclamation of uh, Vihangam Yoga, Adhutmarag Yoga Vihangam, I will tell you that if you do vidyavat sadhan, so on that vidyavat sadhana, 
Swamiji has mentioned minimum two times, right? But it has not said that, you know, how many times you can do. You can do three, four, five, uh, whenever you get time. So definitely uh, it is important to practice it. The more you practice, the more benefit you will get. But at least you should do for the two, two times, right? In in so many couplets, Swamiji has mentioned about a state uh, where a, a seeker, where a practitioner is on the meditation state, is on the meditative state for entire day. Uh, I am uh, forgetting the couplets, but uh, one of the couplets he is mentioning that Nishidhan in the now. So, uh, uh, a practitioner is reaching to that state where in the morning or night he is not even going in the sleeping mode. He is so much involved in the meditation. So definitely practice is the prime thing. Uh, the more we practice, the more benefit we will get. And uh, that's, that's the core. So uh, totally agree to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank another you. Question. Sudhan, Sudhan Suji, I have another question. Uh, in this Doha, Swamiji has mentioned about uh, Sthula Sharira and uh, Sukshma Sharira, body and mind. Uh, Swamiji has talked about six Dehas, Sukshma, Sthul, Karan, Mahakaran, Keval, and Hamsa. Can you relate if, if there is any relation between this Doha and other six uh, Sharira? Uh, uh, definitely. Uh, so the sixth sarir which Swamiji has mentioned that uh, explains the status of soul. So when it falls from its hansa sarir to sthul sarir, so what all phases the soul cross that describes about the different kind of sarir, different kind of deha, right? So from uh, Hans to Kaivalya, Kaivalya to Mahakaran, Mahakaran to Karan, Karan to Sukshma and Sukshma to Sthul. Now, when mind come into the picture, uh, it is in the Sukshma Deha, in the Sthul Deha. And Karan Deha is the Deha where uh, the Granthi, what we talks right. So uh, the junction of uh, consciousness and inertness, the prakriti and the soul, that connects happen in the in that deha. So that's why that is important. Now, in in this uh, doha, Swamiji has mentioned about different levels of meditation when you go, right? Uh, uh, when you stabilize your body, then you will go to the more subtle level where you try to stabilize your mind. Until unless you stabilize your body, you cannot stabilize your mind. So, uh, in, in my view, uh, what I can say, uh, definitely uh, not directly related to uh, body, uh, but uh, you can say the level of your consciousness is moving. 
from gross to subtle right so you are going from uh, the gross physical body to the sukshma body that definitely we can say you are going to control your mind and that is only possible when your uh, physical body the sthul sarir is in the is at peace is at the static level so that that what definitely uh, swamiji has mentioned here and the entire uh, in this entire doha what is happening that our consciousness is going from physical to gross uh, from physical to subtle level from gross to subtle level from physical body to uh, you know mind and further it will go ahead and uh, that's why swami ji has even mentioned if if you read swarved after this in the next couplets after few couplets swami has further mentioned as well that once your body is stabilized what you have to do in the meditation how you have to you know perform your meditation so swami ji has mentioned in one of the couplets that prathama kamal shri guru charana vandana barambar asit asana dhyaye guru murat subhasar so when you start your meditation so prathama kamal shri guru charana vandana barambar so you have to pray your master again and again and then you have to proceed ahead in meditation and when you are doing in meditation what you are doing and what is your status that also swami ji mentioned surati phasi sansar me ta kahun lehu samet sthir bandho lakshmi tyag sakal jagai so what happens when you are meditation in the beginning your consciousness is in this world right surati phasi sansar me what you are doing in meditation ta kahun lehu samet so what you are doing you are trying to concentrate trying to bring back your consciousness which is in this physical world you are bringing it back and what you are doing you are fixing your consciousness at particular aim sthir banu lakshmi tyag sakal jahit so when you go through the when you go through the other couplets that explain the future you know steps and there we understand that this entire process is about shifting your consciousness from physical world to to the higher uh, levels from body to mind mind to soul and that's what this journey uh, is all about uh, thank you thank you very much one more question i have is regarding steadiness of this body uh in my case uh, i don't do able to do brahma murta but when i meditate i try to keep the body stable but it is not in my control it's uh, i i i follow the meditation and uh, automatically the body keeps moving kampan there is a shaking going on 
it's not my control. So uh, I don't know how, would that be violation of meditation or what? Uh, thank you very much. And this is really very, very important question. Uh, so actually, what Swami is mentioning here is doing it in the start of meditation, right? You are you are making sure that uh, your body is static, is at peace. But the state what you are mentioning, that happens in the deep meditation, right? So Swamiji says that this kump, this vibration, that is the experience what you are getting during the meditation, right? And these are the subalakshan. Swamiji has mentioned in Swarvid, these are the subalakshan of meditation. It confirms that you are in the righteous path. So the vibration which happens during the meditation, the sound which you hear during the meditation, the light which you see during the meditation, these all are the experience. And this is confirmation that you are in the righteous path of the meditation. So that is different. That, those are the experience of meditation. But what Swami is mentioning here is when we are going to sit in meditation, the posture should be that posture in which we are at peace for longer duration. So, so that's the intent and that's the difference. I hope it answers your question. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Asmukji, for asking those questions. This definitely helped all of us uh, understand more. And thank you, Sudan Shuji, for explaining. Um, I see uh, Chitralika ji, you raised your hand. Uh, do you have any question? No, uh, I was uh, talk. I was trying to talk about the Brahma Muhurta. Uh, Brahma Muhurta time starts at three forty, and it goes uh, up to a certain time, like forty five minutes before the sunrise. So it doesn't have to be always three forty that we have to start our meditation, and that's what I wanted to say. And meditation should not be like um like a punishment. Oh, I have to get. I have to do. It shouldn't start like that. It should come naturally. When you sit, it automatically flows. So our mind should not be in stressful mode even to before we start the meditation. And there should not be any, uh, you know, like a, a condition. Oh, we have to say, otherwise we will not get achieved. We shouldn't be feeling like that way. That's what I wanted to say. Actually, I'm having a hard time talking because of my cold. I just wanted to say Brahma Muhutam time varies from, it starts from 3.40 and it goes uh, later time also. So we can start our, uh, you know, we can do at 4 o'clock or 4.30 or 5 o'clock also depending upon the sunrise. Uh, thank you, Jitralika ji, for sharing your thoughts. Hope, hope you feel better. Um, Sudhan ji, any thoughts on the Brahma Muhutam time? Uh, no, uh, totally, totally agree with uh, Jitralika ji that uh, so Brahma Muhurta time is uh, usually uh, 3.30, 3.40 till, uh, you know, 45 minutes before the sunrise. So you have that span. And as per your routine, as per your comfort, you can, uh, you know, uh, select and pick some time for that. So that is totally, a, uh, you know, uh, true and agree to this. Uh, 
वन थिंग डेफिनेटली फॉर द बिगिनर्स हु आर यू नो स्टार्टेड मेडिटेशन सो आई वॉन्ट टू एड दिस डेफिनेटली दैट वी ऑल हैव एक्सपीरियंसड दिस दैट वेन यू स्टार्ट मेडिटेशन इन द बिगिनिंग यू हैव टू सिट रिलीजियसली वट इट मीन्स इज योर माइंड विल डू ऑल काइंड ऑफ प्रपंच इट विल डू ऑल काइंड ऑफ यू नो एक्सक्यूजेस इट विल प्रेजेंट इन फ्रंट ऑफ यू वो लीव इट फॉर टूडे यू आर फीलिंग पेन यू हैव सो मैनी वर्क यू हैव दिस यू हैव दैट and uh, that happens because you are trying to control something which is a very strong entity so he will try his part to make sure that you don't do that so initially definitely uh, your mind will give you lots of excuses it will try to justify you and try to convince you that these excuses are very much you know valid so initially definitely we have to do it uh, bit religiously bit forcefully you can say you have to sit on meditation and uh, i am not saying that uh, initially that will give you uh, immediate uh, benefit and your mind will you know start stopping at that moment no but what it will do it will bring a a, a habit in you to sit for 10 minutes right so initially we are building the habit and once your habit is built then the next step is controlling the mind and then the next the further steps so that's how this journey goes and and we all who are in this call are uh, you know a part of this journey so you all know this so i was just sharing my thought thank you thank you very much ji yes gurudev yes uh, i totally agree uh, sudhans ji what you said because every um, everybody is on a different uh, uh, stage of uh, sadhana and um, so there is no one good answer it really depends on where we are on the curve um, there are people who can be meditative pretty much you know many times uh, but for the uh, beginners uh, you see there is seva satsang sadhana uh, the way i see it is like physics chemistry math in order to become a very good engineer you don't really have to be best in all three you could be best in one well you could be best in two at least or at least one really excellent in one and then you will develop naturally the will power to to get above threshold in the other two you will become really good engineer in life so i i see that this is for beginners is very much like that maybe really good in seva or we may be very good in Uh, uh listening satsang and and understanding uh enlightening our uh, uh sumati subuddhi the intellect the vivek and uh, that's the purpose for uh, satsang and uh, but we might be very weak in sadhana we might be really at a beginning beginner stage so and i recall from my engineering uh, time i was really poor in chemistry but i would dedicate time to actually beef it up practice make sure that i above the threshold so i think one has to do that and uh, so sadhana is no different than that uh, you just have to put some discipline you know force it put a template a cast or whatever you call it and 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 work and i think guru ji swami ji says it in the amritwani all the time vidhivat sadhana kijiye at least do the threshold and the rest 
request uh, Swamiji's Sipa. And uh, coming to the Brahm Muhurta, why, why I, uh, because I've read, uh, listened a lot in the Shastras and also in the Amritwani, that there's a three o'clock to the two hours or whatever, 45 hours before the, uh, the sunrise. Actually, you can see there's some variability there. But the whole 24-hour day is, is split into uh, uh, these uh, quadrants. And Brahm Muhurt is one of the quadrants, which is really between 3 to 6 a.m. And 3.40 being the peak. And uh, very consistently, they say that this time, the mind is the quietest. And it's more perceptible. It can perceive. And the other thing is, at this time, the entire world is sleeping. Well, at least in your hemisphere. And uh, and there's more, Prakriti is also cooperating. And apparently there's a, uh, there are divine beings also who are available to shower their grace. Very much like, um, I may not be exact on that part, but I can give an analogy that when we do the Pratishtha, they read a lot of mantras as per the Shastras. And apparently they, the mantra is giving geolocation. It's giving the address that this particular location uh, in this Brahmand, please come, we are inviting you. And uh, consecrating this particular idol, this murti, please imbibe this and bring your energy bring your presence. That's mantra and bhav. These are the two aspects that go into place in doing Pranam Pratishtha that we just saw played out in the whole Ayodhya uh, consecration, right? So I'm just giving an analogy. So this time is very much like a sadhak with a true intent is giving a much more vivid sense of uh, desire for that uh, blessing. Not to say that it cannot happen at other time, and maybe a more research needs to be done. But if the Shastras are saying so consistently, uh, they, there must be some similar analogy there. So um, um, so given all of these kind of uh, factors, um, um, you know, at least for the beginning stage, we may just have to kind of try to get above the threshold. And maybe for some, it may become experiential. So really, we, we should uh, see if... Uh, people who do experience uh, uh, more perceptibility during the Brahma Mohur uh, may be in the best position to actually share their experience. But I'm just uh, saying based on what I have heard, what I have read, um, and, uh, and, and maybe we can take some baby steps in that direction. Thank you. Thank you, Niranjanji, for sharing your thoughts. Um, so, so um, I just have one follow-up question for Sudan Shuji on this. Um, is uh, the last line mentioned here, Sumire Purushavide? Is it? Um, so I, I, I mean, so, 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 what? Can we explain a little bit more on this? That is this more about um, in the beginning, in the before starting the meditation, remember uh, the supreme uh, being, or? Uh, this is more about um, the meditation that you are doing. You have to focus on that focal point. Um, that itself is uh, called here Sumire Purushvideya. 
Uh, yeah, thank you, Amitji. So actually, uh, this Doha, this couplet is talking about the state when when a, uh, a seeker is in the yoga samadhi state, right? So when a person is in yoga samadhi, uh, through which phases he goes, that's what is explained here. That in going for the yoga samadhi, he first stabilizes his body and then on that state, when his body is stable, when his body is at peace, he controlled his thoughts of mind, wavering mind. And after stabilizing the body, after stabilizing the mind, then he is at the third level where he is actually performing the Sumiro Purusha Videhi where he is actually performing the sumiran of that videh means at that supreme soul supreme being so that that's what is uh, explained here that when you are in the yoga samadhi uh, your consciousness will go through uh, these levels and uh, at the end when you are at the uh, you know uh, asana of atam atama asan at that asan you are performing this sumiran of, of Videh. Thank you, Sudhanshu ji. Um, anyone I, uh, yeah, I have a, a, a... My other question or concern is uh, timing is important, Brahma, Murta, but I think uh, it's getting a little stretching too much. Uh, sumiran can happen 24 hours mother can take care of a baby and he'll still meditate without getting any asana or anything. So it's, uh, I think uh, other places, uh, Swamiji has talked about, you know, how your yearning, your calling is so important that you cannot stay without. Uh, your yearning is so important. So when you are so prasanna or cheerful, we should go with the mood of cheerfulness. Whatever the time is, if cheerfulness is not there, if your mind is halfway in Brahma Murta, that's no good. But if you are prasanna and cheerful, even at 12 o'clock afternoon, uh, that, that to me is uh, more calling than stressing too much on Brahma Murta. Uh, yeah. Totally uh, agree to you here and uh, the one item which you also mentioned, the one point that uh, even on different postures, doing their work and everything, you have to do the Sumiran. And uh, so actually we can understand it uh, this way as well. That uh, if you ask a normal person to, you know, uh, let us suppose aim something correct then he will stabilize his body and everything and he will make sure that what he's aiming that is also stable and then he will try to uh, you know aim uh, that particular destination but when you talk about the expert giving giving you an example like think about Arjun right so even the fish was moving he without further you know any kind of uh, difficulty he simply aim it and accomplished his task 
So what it means that when you are focused, when you are reached to that level, then definitely you don't have to go for all these preparations because your focus is so, so you can say, uh, it, 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 it is so strengthened that it don't need all those things. You are at most at that level that by doing all those things, you are performing your meditation as well. Right. So uh, definitely when you are starting, you are going through this uh, practice. And when your uh, focus strengthen, when you always start remaining at that level of meditation, then one stage comes that you are doing all of your worldly activity, you are doing all your work, but your consciousness is always at that level. Your, your consciousness is always with Almighty. So Swamiji has mentioned about that level and that is really very important. And uh, here it is not mentioned that, you know, only doing Brahmurth meditation. No, meditation is important. That is, that is the most important thing. Do it whenever you have time or try to do it as much as possible. But definitely if you are looking for, uh, if you are, uh, if you compare the quality of meditation on any other time and in Brahmurth, you will get some more benefit at Brahmurth because the environment is supportive. The positive energy is supportive for meditation. So for all the uh, practitioner, uh, they get some more benefits there. But it doesn't mean that if you are getting some extra points there, you don't have to practice rest of the day. That is also very important. And the more you meditate, the more progress you will do. Uh, either you do it in the Brahmurth or in the day-to-day -day practice. So that's the intent. Thank you. One one other thing I wanted to add to Hasmukhi's uh, question is a very good question. Actually, I used to ask those questions myself earlier, and I had asked uh, in this forum many many times, and I I got very consistent responses. I did some more research also that um, uh, you know in the initial stage we have to unfortunately. It's not about how happy or cheer, cheerful or sad we are. It's really about vidhivat sadhan. And Guruji says that actually all the time. Bas vidhivat sadhan karna hai. And, uh, and I asked so many guru bhais uh, also. And they say that 80% of the time your mind is where your eyes are. Your mind is always following that. So if you just sit down and just look at your focal point. Don't worry about anything else. Just, and when you wear off, just keep... So it's like a mechanical process. And Guruji is suggesting that. Start from there. And it reminds me an analogy again. I give an analogy because I do a lot of these satsang and you know I'll spend a lot of time just because, because technology has enabled all this. So you just need more time, which sounds like I do actually invest in those things. Uh, you know, Arjun, actually, when he was in the Gurukul, Dronachar had already seen the uh, intellect in him that he is going to be the biggest yodha of his time. And he had told his colleagues that, hey, whenever Arjun is eating in the night dinner, make sure there's always a lantern. If there's no lantern, please don't serve dinner. And apparently one night what happened is there was a storm and the lantern uh, was off and uh, other kids went out and Arjun realized that 
he could eat the food and he's able to actually put the food in his mouth without in spite of being so dark and apparently that thought came into his mind that wait a minute that means if i can eat dark that means i can practice my arrow in the night too and after that to all the fear of dronachar he went out with his strong will power and practiced every night the result what happened is when the dronachar later asked him like what do you see in the in the bird and he was the only one who says that i only see the eye of the bird rest everybody is seeing the tree the fruit and the leaves and all of that so that is what happened with him so uh, so when guruji saying about vidhivat sadhan i think that's what he is suggesting that even though he knows that we cannot be like that arjun so eventually we still have to seek his kripa and he says that all the time just our duty is to do vidhivat sadhana and ask for his grace and yesterday also we discussed through the seva and his biggest seva is being a shining light of brahma vidya which means we uh, uh we become like that and uh, so i think it took me a while actually to um you know to change so that's the beauty of this satsang that's why i say that to understand vihangam yoga is not for any typical spiritual seekers this is literally i say that all the time this is the phd here a lot of these uh, theories when we do phd a lot of the basic newtonian concepts don't apply and they fall off and and they have to sh- be shredded and uh, new concepts have to be uh, apparently adopted and which seems like is what is happening and um, so just wanted to share some uh, it's more like a sansmaran also and i'm not saying that i know many things i'm just a, a learner many place uh, you know i'm just um, i may be wrong in many many places but this is the forum where i think this uh, helps us to really mm-hmm. uh, move in the right direction yeah thank you yeah, that's good point niranjan ji but again drona and arjuna is one example but take uh, drona and eklavya uh he didn't even get any training from drona and he accomplished more than arjuna that's vidivat sadhana he didn't have any instruction but he had that yearning that mumukshatva and that that, that uh, drive is so important it goes beyond the time and any any rules that are established what rules did eklavya follow drona may have to teach a lot of things to arjuna but you know again these are the things uh, examples can be taken analogies can be interpreted any different ways but uh, to me you know most important thing is surrender to the guru that's why it is sadguru is chhota one heart we have to completely withdraw and surrender totally uh, and not too much get involved with this this regulations and uh, you know i mean i'm not saying we should not follow but we should not get stuck on this thank you thank you asmuk ji uh, nicely said and thank you niranjan ji for sharing your thoughts and obviously sharing the sansmaran as well and um, 
Um, I, I think that's where, right, this satsang is pretty important, where we want to clarify all of our doubts and obviously want to stay on a path of Swarved, which basically guides our path, right? And that is the that is why uh, we basically go through each Dohar, right? We try to understand the meaning of that and then uh, try to understand what Swamiji is saying here, right? So this satsang is pretty important to clarify all our doubts and then progress further, right, from where we are. So again, thank you everyone for sharing all your thoughts and looking at the time, I think we will uh, uh, move towards the closure of the session. Um, so um, uh, yeah, so before we uh, uh, move towards the prayers, um, I would like to share the warriors of the week and inductees of the week uh, for this week. So Navy has started um, this initiative where uh, if you want to be consistent uh, in the Brahmamut meditation, you can join this group, WhatsApp group. And once you, uh, all you have to do is uh, complete your meditation in the Brahmamurt and just uh, send a message done in that group. Um, so warriors of the week are the one who are consistently doing the meditation throughout uh, seven days um, in the early morning. And uh, the warriors of the week uh, for this week are uh, Bhagwati Patelji, Mukesh Kumarji, Niranjan Kumarji, Sima Singh Ji, Chirang Ji, Surya Alam Raju Ji, Tejinder Sahadev Ji, Yogesh Sagar Ji. Um, so uh, I congratulate all of you for helping us um, uh, in uh, inspiring to do the Brahmamut meditation. And inductees of the week are the one who try to do meditation um, all seven days, but for some reason, for a day or two, they miss their uh, meditation in the Brahmamut. And the inductees of the week are uh, Devji, um, uh, Rajkumar Gupta Ji, Lalmani Ji, Radha Ji, Ranjani Ji, uh, Shri Ram Ji, um, Rashmi Ji, Amit Ji, and Vijay Ji. Again, thank you each one of you for motivating us uh, to do the meditation. Now we'll move to the last section where we'll do uh, Vandana, Arti, and Shantipat. Um, so Vandana is the prayer through which we seek blessings of Sadhguru. Um, we request well-being of health, wealth, and seek his blessing for spiritual knowledge. So um, uh, I would like to request Jessica Ji to sing the last four lines of Vandana. Jessica Dev, Vandana. Prabhu Kapa Santa Samaja Uttama Saradharma Acharya Jimmy Nada Ashrita Sinduki Vishwa Pathamaya Kaye Prabhu Sacha Santa Samaja Tira Aparaksha Kijiye Jana Sada Fulakyana Bhakti Ridi Dina Dina Kijiye Thank you, Jessica Ji. Our next prayer is Arti. Arti is a prayer where, where we acknowledge the power of Almighty and pray that all disciples experience eternal joy, love, and freedom from all the worries. Um, I request everyone to stand up for the Arti. And again, I request Jessica Ji um, to uh, sing last four lines. Arti. 
फाइनल प्रेयर इज शांति पाठ इन शांति पाठ वी चांड फॉर पीस फॉर एवरी वन हू एक्सिस्ट इन दिस यूनिवर्स May Sadguru Dev bless the entire cosmos with peace, love, and prosperity. I again request Jessica Ji to recite last few lines of Shanti Pat. Shanti Pat. Hey, Prabhu Shanti Swaroopa Ho, Shanti Shanti Maya Shanti, Shanti Shanti Jana Shanti Ho, Purna Shanti Maya Shanti. हे प्रभु शांति प्रदान कर पूर्व हो सर्व शांति देव सदा फुल शांति माया शांति शांति सुख शांति इति दी का मिसकॉल आला था सब भगवान की जय सो संग मत थैंक यू थैंक यू जेसिका जी फॉर रिसाइटिंग वंदना आरती एंड शांति पाठ इन सच अ डिवोशनल वॉइस um so we are towards the end of this session i would like to thank all of you for joining this session again special thank to sudanshu ji niranjan ji jessica ji mukesh ji shirang ji hasmuk ji chitralekha ji for participating in this session i encourage everyone to ponder upon the topics we discussed today i pray to sadguru dev for peaceful and spiritual week ahead to all of us again we will uh, meet uh, next sunday at 10:30 am yes eastern time Have a wonderful day ahead and Jai Sat Gurudev to all of you.